Welcome to What's New in Adapted Physical Education. Today I have some really awesome guests uh, who are joining me, newly uh, residents in uh, at Madison, Wisconsin, at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. I have Heather Katz, who's been on here before, and an AP teacher from Denton ISD, who's just started her PhD program a week ago, as well as Lada Preto, also a new resident who was in Syracuse University getting her master's in adapted physical education uh, and also just starting her PhD program at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. What is very interesting about both of you coming in, I think you're roommates as well, is that correct? Yes. yes. Wow. <laughs> so what's really great too about that is that you both have uh, an enthusiasm and experience in a thing called adapted dance, right? Correct. Yes. So I will ask you in a second to share a little bit more about yourselves and your background and experience with that, but uh, I'm around adapted physical education things constantly, and I know almost nobody that does anything that I would really call adapted dance. I've seen dance units in physical education with kids, kiddos with disabilities, but I think you all are going a little bit more in depth than that. Um, so with that, uh, why don't both of you just tell me a little bit about yourself and how you became interested in dance and disability or adapted dance. Okay, so uh, I have always been dancing, whether it's in a formal dance class or just in my room all through my life. Um, it's just always been a passion and a, the easiest way for me to express myself. Um, so from that background in dance and gymnastics and color guard, I, uh, went ahead and got my bachelor's in health and physical education um, at the University of Kansas. And uh, just like you don't see adapted dance everywhere, you don't see dance period, like people who really focus on dance in your PEAT program. So I was already kind of a weirdo at KU and I just decided to make it even more of a niche and uh, go for that APE master's at TWU. Um, just found that being a Zumba instructor and loving dance and seeing all these PE teachers that were scared kind of to infuse dance into their programs, uh, there was a need there. And I, I loved it. I wasn't afraid of it. So I latched on and here I, I'm along for a ride that I don't really know what I'm getting myself into. But, yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Um, so I got involved in dance a little story I really wanted to become a synchronized swimmer and then my dad thought that meant I wanted to do ballet so I ended up doing ballet <laughs> and I absolutely loved it um, and uh, I kept dancing ballet and I went to the high school in Las Vegas for the performing arts where I got the chance to do all different types of dance and then from there I was in Chicago and I was working um, with all these different dancers and my degree was in exercise science so not PE related at all and uh, we started learning more about Parkinson's in dance and my professor Sarah Colin Fuller was interested in including Parkinson's uh, people with Parkinson's in dance program and I got involved and I loved it and that's when I realized 
adapted dance has a role uh, for people of all ages. And now I'm here trying to explore how research and dance and disability can intersect throughout the lifespan. And you're like, what is adapted dance versus just dance in your words? To me, adapted dance is expressive movement that's created to be accessible, meaningful, and successful for all bodies. Um, we, I, we were talking about the questions beforehand and uh, the, that Claudine Cheryl quote that everyone loves that all good physical education is adapted physical education and we feel like the same should apply to dance. All good dance instruction should be adapted so it caters to every individual. Hmm, interesting. Do you think though that we should have its own, like should we have an adapted dance kind of like specialist or somebody that specializes or having classes in it that would prepare people to be a specialist in that or do you think that we should, it should be more generic? I think there's benefits to both of those, just like we have a wide range of needs in our students, a wider range of services in APE, different kids will need different things, different people need different things. So I do think there's a space for adapted dance curriculum specifically yeah. for that, but it also would be really beneficial to infuse it in your general PE curriculum and in community program development. Yeah, well, adapted dance, I think, is many things, um, but all dance should be adapted dance. And I kind of say that because my first exposure to dance was in a physical education classroom, and I wouldn't have had access to dance otherwise. Now, um, that should apply for all students. So they should all have the opportunity to really engage in dance at an early age. And um, I think right now, there's a little bit of a mislay in between the interaction between our teaching artists and our APE professionals. And because dance is a physical and artistic pursuit, and that's where it has that tension, right? So it's physical. It, lays in the grounds of physical education, but at the same time, it also intersects with the arts. And that's where I, um, kind of where I draw my information, because uh, I always saw it more of, as an art form, but then really thinking about my origin story, I got it in PE. So how are we making that accessible for everyone? And you asked, uh, should adapted dance be its own thing? I think before we even start doing that, we need to talk to each other. Right, so teaching artists need to talk to APE professionals. I had never even known there was something called APE until uh, my last couple of years in my undergrad program. And what if I had known that while I was doing the work with Parkinson's in dance? So the dance community is really starting um, a lot of adaptive programs and not even starting, they have developed, right? And how do we connect that to people who are accessing and making impact in children's lives every single day sure. instead of keeping it on the stage which is fantastic and we need it but we also need to keep the outreach programs coming and working with physical educators really. definitely so when you're so is there a curriculum that's specifically made for um or adaptations that are specifically kind of recommended right now in dance for certain disabilities or age ranges within disability? Well, 
I'll speak to that a little bit. Um, when I was in Denton, I developed an adapted Zumba program and they, I could, I searched and searched and searched and there was no specific adapted dance fitness curriculum. Um, so I infused my APE background and then the training that I received from Zumba and from my group fitness certification, I uh, just m molded those together to create my own thing. But it's not evidence-based by any means. It's just infusing those two backgrounds together. I really still want to explore a little bit like what is adapted dance in your eyes and versus like what it is uh, like what is traditional dance versus this adapted idea of it? I thought this was very interesting. Even when we were talking about this, I was writing some of the teacher training programs they have um, that I know of being in Chicago. And it was funny because we looked at how they was like, are these teacher training programs? I'm like, yeah, they are teacher training <laughs> programs. And um, so we're talking like Hubbard Street Dance Chicago, Boston Ballet, um, the Access Dance Company out in Seattle, the creative dance program uh, through Dr. Green Gilbert. So there are all these different avenues, but it's like we're not talking to each other, right? So um, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, like I could, I could really just talk to Heather about this and we could really explore this. Now, is there a standard curriculum? I don't think so. Not that I know of. Um, and, that's, and that's fine because if you really think about it we have very little of that i mean we have some guidelines and maybe a curriculum or two within the adapted world but i just rem i just wonder do we have recommendations for different disabilities on what that would look like or is it that we have to teach we have to have people that are trained um uh, dance instructors or more specifically teach that and then talk about disabilities within that well and uh there's so much of the stigma with dance that plays into that because as adaptive PE teachers, in general PE teachers, we focus on locomotor movement, which is, it is dance. That's what dance is, but it's just more expressive. So we could be training these APE teachers to teach dance easily already in their programs, but we aren't because it just has this connotation to it. Oh, it's an art form, it's expressive. That's not what I'm here to learn how to teach. So kind of going off of that, um, and also looking at some of the literature, uh, Dr. C and I and Dr. Hagel worked on a systematic review um, on dance interventions. And when we look at it, um, there are a lot of, there are a lot, I say 14 articles in the last 10 years or so. Um, but um, when we look at the types of programs that are being offered, I wouldn't say that there is necessarily a focus on what is being taught. Mm -hmm. uh, there is a focus on outcomes because it also has an intersection between rehabilitation. So we're looking at balance. We're looking at sure. uh, just, uh, there was one dance quality. So I'm really thinking, um, <laughs> A lot of <laughs> a lot of the uh, recommendations, or at least what I have seen so far, is there's a lot of things of just accepting movement, all types of movement. So any type of movement that is offered in the dance class should be accepted and valued as 
movement that it is um, has its own creative and physical value. Totally. And I think that is the number one thing, right? So it's making an identity outside of maybe what that person may identify with their disability. So kind of drawing from Parkinson's, um, a lot of the people I have danced with, they may say, I don't feel like I have Parkinson's in this one moment, I feel like I'm a dancer. Here I'm a dancer. So it's also some identity development really. And it's um, how teachers are engaging with that in their classroom. Because first and foremost, it's also creative expression through the body. Um, and I think that's what makes it special and um, also makes it challenging. <laughs> Definitely, definitely. Now, like these are my two experiences of either me in the in the you know in the gym or me uh, watching other teachers or something with dance. I did it early, early on in my career when I worked with kids with like severe emotional impairments, and we did like 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 you know folk dancing and we did like really in depth things, and I saw them gain a lot out of that for that artistic kind of reason. Uh, and they needed that and it was really, really good. I've also seen or with like kids with like severe impairments, um, but it's a lot more like participation kind of dancing where I'm moving their, their hands and their body uh, to music. Um, is there like, I guess like, I'm kind of like wondering like what are like, what are specific things I can do to try to promote movement uh, in different populations. And I just kind of, I'm wondering that like aloud right now. Like right now I'm feeling like, and this is a problem I think sometimes within adaptive physical education is like, who are we, right? Like, who are we? Are we specialists who understand certain disabilities and the idea of inclusion and when it's appropriate and, the, and you know, all the legalities and all the appropriate placements or are we somebody who is like, I'm, I'm having a hard time hearing the difference between adapted dance and just dance that needs to be more inclusive. Uh, and I think like, like perspective uh, wise, I think perspective is important, but I also think sometimes some of those, um, those strategies that we need for different groups is also important. I think empowering people to move, but also what if I want, I have a kid who wants to have refined dance, you know? Like, like like you said that you're a ballet and I'm sure that you had a lot of coaching on the way to make you the best ballet that you could that you that you have become right so how do I help kids with different types of disabilities refine their movements if that is their goal so uh, I'll talk a little bit about my I'll, I I just have so many stories from my adapted Zumba class um, so I had a student she was one of my very first students um, when I developed the program three years ago, uh, she didn't, she wasn't able to follow along in a standard Zumba class where you're constantly moving and it's only visual cues. Uh, and that's how Zumba instructors are trained to teach, just use the visual cues. Um, and she wasn't able to keep up with that. She came to my class for three years and I structured it in a way taking from my APE background, using that task analysis, breaking down each dance, breaking down the skills in every dance, uh, using visuals, writing down the routines on the wall, uh, taking videos so they could go home and learn uh, and practice. Uh, just all the things I learned in adapted PE, I infused that into my Zumba class. 
three years later, mom comes up to me and says, uh, you know, I never would have thought that my child could get here, but uh, I am confident that I can take her to a gym and she'll be able to keep up with a regular Zumba class now and have fun and enjoy it. So I think that adaptive dance in general and my background being in adaptive fitness, that's just what I go to. But I think that where we can be in our field, uh, we can be the ones that create that step towards the inclusive dance or dance fitness environment, provide them with that extra instruction. Absolutely. No, you did a great <laughs> job. No, absolutely. Um, I've actually come across some different things like that where it's like mostly outcome based, but it doesn't give prescriptions on like how to do it which is cool and you have all this research, but then it's hard, hard to replicate it right within the classroom. So that's like, it's like this double-edged sword. Um, and, but the reality is, is that when we're talking about adapted dance and adapted PE, every scenario is very different. So it's hard for us to replicate some of this stuff, right? But yeah. I would love to hear about your review as well as just your experiences. like. What are the impacts? Like, how does this benefit uh, our kids? How does this benefit students? I think incredibly so. Um, I mentioned a little bit about the identity development. I think that's especially important. Um, even as kids age, as we're thinking adolescents, young adults, I think it's, in, it's critical, especially in that age period. Um, but I feel like, I, I just want to say something about the other point you're making with the mm -hmm. What's the difference in adapted dance? When Heather was talking, um, she was like, yeah, I used all these visual cues and I used this and that. And I'm thinking like, so is the only difference between regular dance, quote unquote, and adapted dance that you just have instructional tools that are specific to the needs of your students, right? Because perhaps that's it, right? So it's knowing your students, what they need and how are you attending to them? And that should be a challenge for all dance instructors, all PE instructors. And um, also kind of going off of the difference between dance education and dance training. You mentioned what if we wanted a, a young student to become a ballet dancer? How do we get them there, right? But then that is really starting to focus on dance training. So um, really specialized on technique. And I think that requires a whole different set of skills um, than maybe dance education where you're trying to teach them lifetime dance. Um, so when asking the difference between adapted dance and quote-unquote regular dance, I also kind of started thinking about the different exercises that are taking place in those dance classes. And so an exercise we use all the time is mirroring. So mirroring is where um, one person is making a movement and the other person is basically doing it at the same time as they are. And you put on music or you have props like scarves and you're enjoying that time together, right? And with, with that activity, we, we do that in quote unquote regular dance classes. Um, we just also apply it to adapted dance classes. Now, um, maybe the difference is that my goal in the adapted dance class may be slightly different, right? It's not that I'm looking for technique, but I'm looking perhaps for more self-expression. And then you have to go into the whole thing, well, what is technique, right? Because then you're going into the Western ideal of 
what is dance ballet technique or ethnic cultural technique. So it becomes this really, really complex idea. But bringing it all back, <laughs> I just really think. I thought that was very well done. I, I just think um, really adapt to dance is meeting your students where you are. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's, it's political and it's, it's crazy, maybe, or not even crazy. I don't want to say crazy, but just radical. It's radical because maybe dance instructors aren't doing it. Mm -hmm. Because we aren't talking to each other. We're such different worlds and there's so many stigmas and barriers that we have to break down. So many, right? Okay. Cultural, yes. level, uh -huh. age. And so in some ways, perhaps if, and just like kind of going off on some of these things, within the, the dance like field, perhaps um, it's very unlikely for people with disabilities to probably maybe uh, go and get dance lessons or, or feel that they're accepted in that. And so really they're only getting dance perhaps in their PE or maybe family settings or something like that too. But um, yeah, that's very interesting to think about. And that's changing, that's changing. So we have Access Dance Company, which is doing great work professional dance companies, especially in England, they're also doing lots of amazing work with professional dance companies. Um, and so now it's just like talking about it more. <laughs> so. Hey, that's, I mean, that's kind of what I'm trying to do. And because yeah. nobody knows who, what adaptive physical education is, like you said earlier about being in your program. So trying to get the word out, trying to get the word. I, I think you guys are, are, are on something really nice. Uh, and just even thinking about the inclusion of dance within the physical education curriculum for people with disabilities, how important it is. Um, I think it's, I think that's, that's wonderful. Um, so let, let's go back though. I want to talk about outcomes that you were talking about before. And I think Heather mentioned some too. So what is, what are some of the things that your kids that you feel like that they're getting out of um, the experience of having dance, if it's included, included well uh, within their physical education experience? The, the social benefits are astronomical. It, it's, it's just wild, but you get to transfer stuff that they're learning in their life skills classrooms, uh, how to appropriately interact with each other and how to communicate and you get to bring that into another environment that is motivating and fun for them and uh, you see these bonds being made while they're still learning how to be physically active uh, to me that is the, one of the biggest benefits of dance in comparison to other forms of physical activity is that social component i'm right there at, at with her you know um i think there's a huge social outcome. Um, not only are we talking about feeling more comfortable with others, but also with themselves. Um, and also just learning barriers and how to negotiate space and how to, what does that look like when you're in different locations with music, different environments. Uh, so that's really amazing. Um, and in several other articles they've shown improvements in balance. Mm -hmm. And that's what we've seen as well. Uh, now, how are we measuring balance, right? We're measuring what type of dance are you teaching? So if you're in um, ballet, you may be extremely rotated, but maybe you're not measuring that, that position. So um, it, we have, there have been outcomes for improved balance. Uh, I think there needs to be more focus on what exactly does that mean? I mean, I think that, you know, like just in general PE, 
Um, I think that like dance is a very unique uh, piece of physical education. However, and I think like you're getting like all these cultural aspects that just maybe aren't in many uh, or all of the other units and such that PE teachers are teaching. However, I think that most PE teachers that I run into are either they're into teaching dance or they're not into teaching dance. Like it's kind of one or the other. And so, um, you know, I wonder, you know, I, I, my guess is, is that teachers that are already teaching dance on a regular basis would be a lot more apt to um, include kids with disabilities when they, you know, as they, you know, once they develop those strategies and, and better understanding of, of disability. But I wonder if those teachers that already are not teaching dance, um, I wonder, like, how do we get them to teach dance to, like, in general and also to kids with disabilities? Yeah. And as a practitioner, my argument when I was consulting with the, I shouldn't say argument, that's very negative, but uh, my discussion that I always had with them, like, I am the worst soccer player in the history of the universe, but soccer skills, those are on the C-tape. I have kids that want to play soccer. They love it. Like, it's a family thing for some of them. So am I going to let my insecurity and my lack of uh, finesse in dribbling a soccer ball keep me from teaching them how to participate? No, I'm not. I'm going to buck up and I'm going to do it. And the same, we have to tell our general PE teachers that dance is that for some of our students, especially those, those with disabilities. Like that's going to be one of the easiest forms of physical activity for them to be involved in. And they may like it more than anything else that they're going to learn that whole year in PE. So don't deprive them of that just because you're not secure. And I didn't always word it that way, but <laughs> that's, that's how I feel. Yeah. Sure. I wonder in some ways too, like Dr. Davis was on here quite a while ago talking about uh, teaching disability sport within um, physical education curriculum. And his thing is sport is sport, that we shouldn't have to have, you know, we shouldn't have to measure all these health and balance outcomes and things, although those are nice to see, um, it, that, that his idea of sport for the sake of sport, it's a cultural phenomena as well as people enjoy it. And like, it's something that is almost like a right we should have to be able to experience that and find the things that, that suit us. And his is all about sport. But I think you can make exactly the same claim with dance because it's um, a cultural phenomena that happens in every culture and, and everyone enjoys it and gets a lot out of it. So, you know, exposure to it and uh, enjoying it is like, I mean, those are all uh, really big things that we need to push and tell our teachers that they need to also be teaching it. And that's one of the things I'm so excited about working with Laura is that she, that our two worlds haven't come together yet and we get to do that through research. So we obviously have a lot of work to do, but I think we're both gonna benefit each other's fields. Or even if they have come together, come together, we may not know about it. And this is like the new generation of it. Um, so that's, uh, well, exciting for me to learn more about the history and also learn more about, okay, where, what are our next steps? Absolutely. Well, I kind of want to hit that. So a lot of people that are maybe listening to this, maybe, you know, this might be a very intriguing idea to them, but a lot of times, you know, this is cross geographical areas, right? So how does somebody learn more? So maybe I feel uncomfortable teaching dance or something like maybe I don't feel like I teach it correctly or whatever. Um, 
how do I learn more about teaching adapted dance? Um, well, I mentioned earlier, uh, there's several teacher training programs coming out of professional dance companies. Um, and I think that's a really good opportunity if we're talking APE professionals to get engaged with the art world, but also learn some teaching strategies that are taught by dance educators and dance artists. Dance artists. Um, so Boston Ballet has a great program. Uh, I've heard great things about it. I participated uh, in Parkinson's and Dance, uh, Dance for PD program. Access Dance Company has teacher training. Um, also, we used uh, the Brain Dance by Dr. Ann Green Gilbert, and that is based out of Seattle, the Creative Dance Center. And she really is seeing the intersection between, she has the book that many people in PE use for creative dance, right? So um, she is really a good stepping stone, I feel like, in bridging those two worlds, um, as well as, uh, you know, finding your local dance studio, your local uh, dancers in your community, whether that's just people in high school or uh, people just a couple years above, what can they teach you? Because dance is not only seen in the studios, it's seen on the streets, it's seen in the community, as we were saying, it's all based on different cultures. And I think really it's just engaging in those different types of art communities. Um, also, fitness communities, right? So dance fitness is this phenomenon that's always been happening. Um, just knowing, you know, it was kind of interesting when she's like, see tape has uh, soccer, right? But also there's locomotor skills on there and that's all that dance is. <laughs> so really we shouldn't be scared of it. Yes. <laughs> we have all the bases, you know, jumping, running, you have it. Um, and I think that should be just a reassuring thought that there's a community wherever you are of artists and um, dancers and everyone's a dancer somehow. Mm -hmm. yeah. they, they just don't know it. But it's the, the whole, the vulnerability of dance, I think, in our culture is what scares people away from it. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that it, there's a, such a focus on um, mental so wellness at, in PE through Shape America, they're, they're really pushing that, uh, what, uh, what's the term? They just did a whole conference on it, social and emotional wellness, well yes, well-being. And like, and dance is such a great way to infuse that into PE programs, but in our society, we're so afraid to be vulnerable and expressive that it, we, have, we have a long ways to go before we really see it get yeah. to where we we envision it being. <laughs> I also thought like you're know, like what is the correct way to dance or you know that idea or there's a correct way to kick a soccer ball right um there is many correct ways to dance um and all are all are correct uh if you really are looking at it that way mm -hmm. so maybe that's also a point of, of tension right where there's a lot of ambiguity of what can be correct or not correct? Well, uh, it, it depends. What, what are we dancing for? Are we dancing yeah. for the aesthetic or for the individual wellness and the physical activity? I think we have to determine what we're dancing for. Definitely, yeah. I mean, like we were saying as ballet, I would assume ballet 
there's some refinement that you're trying to kind of hit. However, and you made this point, I think very well, in PE, we probably shouldn't be trying, we're, you know, just like we're not coaching um, all-star footballs uh, players in there, we should, probably shouldn't be going for the same thing with ballet uh, at that level. But, you know, yes, you're right. I think that, that like, it, it depends, right? Like, if we're trying to teach a specific uh, dance that was used in a certain, you know, culture or something like that, maybe you want the actual motions, you know, the step-by-step -step type thing versus some type of more aesthetics. Um, yeah, is that, so you keep talking about this evolution of dance. Where do you see that going? Where do you see the, the field of dance, adapted dance, uh, in the near future or, or future, future, near future or future, future? Um, me, me personally, I want to see people with disabilities represented more in every facet of dance whether that's performance, formal dancing, or dance fitness. I, I want to see instructors with disabilities. I want to see people developing program with disabilities because when the, the people that are going to be benefiting from a service are involved in the production of it, then it's going to be a more authentic and meaningful program. So what I, I'm more interested in seeing disability representation in the dance world. Um, I love that. I would say kind of looking at our roles as researchers, right? Little budding researchers. I would say there's a lot of opportunity for this new generation to really see um, with all the different types of physical outcomes, health outcomes that we're seeing, but also how do we take that into the intersection of physical education, dance, the arts, and how do we make meaningful conclusions from studies and interventions, right? So what, are, what is actually important to us? And I think that's a big question that uh, I don't know the answer to. <laughs> and kind of also the collaboration. So I talked a little bit about like, we're like, well, we don't know who's who or how do we get to know each other? And I think that, um, the future I really see collaborating between people from all different lines of professions and fields because we have to or else we're going to continue being isolated and yeah um, I think that's a lot of departments goals <laughs> and so um, how do we actually make tangible goals for that mm -hmm. definitely I mean it sounds to me too like we're talking like adapted dance like further out than just PE we're talking about it in the communities, like you said, um, maybe, you know, and, and competitively, perhaps. And, uh, and that would be a, a phenomenal to see a better representation. Um, you know, I, and I, something did pop in my head while we were talking about that. Kind of maybe, like, how, like, is there... What, if you had a person with a disability who was interested in dance right now and you're in not in your community so they don't have access to you, um, like what would you do if, they, if, if you did want to get them involved into an outside agency uh, and perhaps the instructor was a little fearful? Well, whew, that's, a, that's a loaded question. Um, I, see, I am struggling right now with Denton, uh, now that I'm not there, there's no one doing adapted dance and my students still wanna keep dancing. Uh, 
So I've been doing two things. I've been coercing my peers down in Denton to get Zumba certified and to get into it. And I'm almost there with one of them. But I've also been uh, posting YouTube videos of my adapted dances online. Uh, I think in general, we need to look into that more. Um, the, the internet is such a neat resource for connecting people and for educating people. And if it's on the internet, then other people are likely to see it. And so that person that didn't even know APE or adapted dance is a thing could see one of my videos and be like, oh, that's interesting. I mean, I could totally do that. So I, it's hard to answer that question of where I would tell my students to go in, if they wanted to find something in the community because it's not there, but we're working on it. And I think we need to utilize what we already have, utilize the internet and all the technology we have um, to get the name out there and then keep doing research. I have one last question and this is pointing a little bit to Heather because I know, so can you talk a little bit about your experience with bringing a community, uh, the person from the community with a disability into your schools? I worked with three other individuals, uh, uh, other teachers in my school district, and I'm going to give them a shout out. Uh, Dr. Linda Hilgenbrink, uh, Kelsey Mays, and Roxanne Muncie in Denton ISD. And um, we worked together to bring Ulyssa Arescarinaga, um, the first Zumba instructor with Down syndrome, to Denton ISD. And uh, the idea came about... Uh, Bunty and I, we saw a video of Ulyssa on Facebook, and we were like, how cool would that be for our kids to see her and see what she does and take one of her classes? Let's try and get her here. So we went to our com community members. We went to our SPED department and asked what, what they could do to help us out financially, because that is always one of the biggest barriers is how, how are we going to pay to get her here and pay her for her services? Um, but once once we had that figure out, figured out, we were able to bring her in, and she taught a class to our kids, and we were able to expand. The event's been going on for um, three years now, and the first year it was just her teaching a Zumba class, and our kids showed off some of their artwork and some of their talents, and then it grew. We brought in a football coach with Down syndrome the next year, and this past year we brought in um, – an artist with two artists, one with autism, one with an intellectual disability, um, and then Hugs Cafe, which is a uh, um, restaurant that um, employs people with disabilities. Um, so that all started by bringing in a dancer, a dance fitness instructor, um, to, just to show our kids like, hey, you, this is available to you. You can have a job in the fitness industry, in the dance industry, doing what you're passionate about. Mm -hmm. And it, it was so important for our students, but also for our community members. We were able to get Ulyssa to teach a class at the Denton Arts and Jazz Festival, which is one of the city's biggest events all year. So these people from the community came that, so a lot of them just never interacted with people with disabilities. And so they see Ulyssa on stage and are like, wow. I, I, it just opens their eyes to what, 
people with disabilities can do and uh, so some of the stereotypes that they need to forget and break through um, so we can have more inclusive communities. And uh, yeah, I, I could talk about it forever. So please, please stop me. <laughs> no, no, I think it's incredible. And I think it's like you said, I think having a role model, um, you know, with a disability out there doing that and putting them on a platform for them to be seen by everyone in the community is a really big thing. And I mean, obviously that's a difficult and unique thing that might be difficult for other schools to do, but I think it's wonderful and something that we should strive for at all times. And, and it, it was great for my students to see it. Like that was the most important part about it. But for me personally, I love like seeing the transition specialists and all these people who are, uh, it's their job to find gainful employment for our students with disabilities. And all, all they really, okay, I, I gotta be careful, I'm not, shooting anyone down, it's a hard job, but um, uh, they go for the jobs that are easiest. Like, oh, we know that this pizza place is always gonna hire our kids, so we're just gonna go there. We're not gonna get the input of the student. We're gonna make it easier on us. And when they saw all of these individuals with disabilities gainfully employed doing things that they love, I think it had more of an impact on them and what they could do to help our students, probably maybe even more than it did directly on the students. That's incredible. This is really exciting. <laughs> so I'm gonna close kind of our conversation. I wanna hear kind of one last thought you have on the adapted dance movement and, and maybe your experiences. We are all part of different communities and that can be schools, that can be just private dance studios, families, etc. And I think even seeing the work that Heather did, she just had a thought, let me see if I can bring someone in with a disability so that my students can see someone like them. And isn't that all what we just want at the end of the day, seeing a role model? And I think we need to keep doing that. So if that means in our world as researchers, we are taking on adaptive dance, regardless of the vulnerability, confusion of what it is or not, it, what it isn't, um, but we're doing it and I think that's it. We need to take it on in our own communities. So my last thought, I would just want to urge APE specialists and general PE teachers to, uh, open their minds and go into into this without fear. Just uh, think about uh, think about me stumbling over a soccer ball anytime that you're afraid to get out there and dance in front of your students. Like they're gonna, your students are gonna respect you for trying and most of them don't even know what dance is supposed to look like, especially if they've never been exposed to it in your class before. So, you're, there's always going to be something you don't feel confident teaching, but that one thing could be what changes someone's life, like Laura and being introduced to dance in her PE class. You don't, you don't want to miss out on that one kid. We all got rid of them. We yeah, all have we a heartbeat. Uh -huh. <laughs> it's in us. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Well, thank you both for being on and sharing your experiences and your thoughts. Uh, thank you very much. Thanks, guys.